welcome back to Four and Toe Podcast, where moms can find encouragement on their journey through homeschooling. This is episode eight. We're going to be talking about space curriculum. So we studied space two school years ago, and it was the first time that I used the Apologia textbooks. I had done my research on how I wanted to approach science at that point. We had already done two years of animal science, and I needed a break. And I had told my oldest daughter we were going to try and actually do the birds and insects that year. But I asked her, I said, would you mind if we just took a break and we studied planets this year and space this year? She's like, yeah, sure, let's do that. So we that's what we did. We used the Apologia's Exploring Creation with Astronomy as the backbone of our curriculum. We had several read-aloud books that we used as well, including Along Came Galileo by Jeannie Bendick. It was a great book to read about the life of Galileo. It talks about his journey of discovering and exploring space, even though he never left the planet. What I like about the Apologia book and the way that the text was set up was it starts with the sun and it goes out from there. So each chapter studies a new planet further from the sun. They also study the asteroid belt that separates the small planets from the giant planets. And then they also study the asteroid belt around the outside of our galaxy where many of the dwarf planets are and the area in which Pluto orbits within and around. With the study of each planet, they explain where it is in the solar system in relation to where we are and the Earth, how far away they are from the sun. They talk about how big each planet is. They talk about what materials each planet is made of, whether it be rock or gas, what types of gas. And then they also talk about different space expeditions that have happened specifically to each or around each planet. Now, the book that I used was published, I think it was in 2011. I have lent it out to a friend, so I can't check the publishing date. But they, the company has revised and republished the astronomy book in 2018. And so much of the space exploration is still going on today. They're still finding out a lot of new things. Obviously, this year, the biggest news that I can think of in astronomy is the black hole that they were finally that they actually got a picture of which is just crazy to me even though my copy of the book was only about 10 years old there was still quite a bit of information to be revised as far as new discoveries if you have an older version of the textbook that's fine. I think it really is a great, uh, it's still a great resource and you could keep it and you won't really be missing out on anything unless you wanted to find out the newest things happening in space. And in that case, my suggestion is to go to NASA's website. Another thing I really liked about the Apologia's approach was um, the issue of Pluto, which I know sounds a little bit silly, but of even two years later, just me thinking through that study once we got to Pluto. I really appreciated how they approached it because, you know, I'm one of those kids. Like, Pluto was a planet when we were a kid, and then it wasn't, and then it was, and then it wasn't. And so they explained why there was a back and forth about whether or not Pluto was a planet. They explained why that was an issue for people. They explained the group of people who made the decisions and what how they classify a planet. And then they left it up to the kids to decide whether or not Pluto was even a planet or not. They put it in the list of 
planets to know or things to know about space, but they always include the other dwarf planets that are being discovered and are also orbiting our sun. And they discuss how some of those are bigger than Pluto and just leave it as a question and saying, hey, what do you think about this? So in addition to the Apologia textbook, we did use the internet quite a bit and we I used YouTube videos to look up pictures because with space science, it's a little bit harder to do like experiential science unless you have access to an observatory. The year we were studying space was the year that I had joined Osborne Books and more as a consultant and they have, we have, so many books about space. I was kind of getting a little bit overwhelmed. I put myself in a little budget and I um, I picked up 100 Things to Know About Space and the Lift the Flap question and answers about space, as well as the Shine a Light book, Life on a Space Station, and several of the beginner readers that have to do with space exploration and just space in general, planets, sun, moon, stars and living in space and I use those as extra pictures because like I said in my previous episode the Apologia books don't have tons and tons of pictures it is a textbook they do have pictures but it's not a picture book it is a textbook and so for the sake of my kiddos I got those other Osborne books and they were able to look at those pictures while I read the Apologia books the Apologia textbook which was really, really nice. And the other thing that happened was that my oldest daughter, who at the time was in second grade, she was getting into reading independently. And she really lashed onto the 100 Things to Know and the Lift the Flap question and answer books and carried those things around, like slept with them (laughs) in her bed. She would fall asleep reading them because she loved all the little facts. And she would go through and we would be talking about Pluto. And she she would tell me, oh, I read this thing about Pluto in this 100 Things to Know book. And did you know that this explorer found that planet and they saw this dwarf planet? And you know what a dwarf planet is? I learned it over here. She was doing some of this learning on her own as a result of having sparked some study with the Apologia books, which I just thought was great. So if you need some extra little books to supplement or to give pictures for what you're learning, Osborne Books and More is a great place to start. Another place to go to is NASA's website and their YouTube page. They have quite a few videos that they've posted about things that they're discovering now. And in the Apologia textbook, they mentioned going to NASA's website for further information pretty much every chapter because space exploration is going on in real time. They haven't stopped exploring space. Not yet, anyway. And I don't know that we really ever will because humans tend to be curious <laughs> and it's space is huge. <laughs> and so it was really cool to go through and read some of the things that were happening or there were a few things in the textbook because it's an older textbook. They said plans are to explore XYZ planet, to explore this planet or to send a satellite around this planet in the year. And it was like 2014 or something like that. Um, I don't remember the year exactly, but it was in the future at the time of the original of the publishing of that book. But it was in the past for us at the time of reading the text. So I got really excited and popped on NASA's website and searched the satellite and sure enough they had launched it and there was some new discoveries there and so we spent a day or two maybe 
looking through the videos and reading through some of the articles and looking at the pictures and seeing what they had discovered um, from that space exploration that had been planned years and years prior. One thing we weren't able to do that I really wanted to try and get to was go to an observatory. That was going to be my way to experience space with my kids because I'm not very... um, I never was interested in space as a kid, so I never did the whole star tracker thing. I, or I never like tracked the stars or the planets. I never understood constellations. I could find the Big Dipper, and that was pretty much it. And so I didn't know what I was looking at when I was looking at a summer sky with my kids those nights we were studying stars. So I tried to get us to an observatory. Things fell through pretty epically, and so it never actually happened. However, last year, I realize this is a year late, but It was, we'll be able to use it in the future. My mom found an app. It was a constellation app called Star Tracker. It was a really cool, it is a really cool app. There's a light version that's free and then there's a paid version without ads and a few extras. When you turn the app on, you point your camera of your phone to the sky and it will show a picture on your phone of what you're looking at. It shows the constellations and it shows the planets and their trajectory across the sky. And you can even point, you can point it anywhere in the sky and even to the ground so that you can see on the, what would be on the other side of the planet, on the other side of our planet. Because obviously we're a round planet. I do believe we are a round planet. I do not believe in the flat earthers. I'm sorry, guys, if that's offensive, you can do with that as you will. But it is a round planet and there's stuff on the other side of the planet and there's stuff to see. Uh in space on the other side of our planet. It shows you everything. You can point that camera anywhere and on your screen it will show up where the planets are, where the constellations are, uh, and it's just a really cool tool. It also has like a horizon line so you don't get too dizzy looking at it. You can kind of figure out like where your horizon actually is for where you're standing on the earth and what stars and constellations and planets will be coming over the horizon and so that you can if you stand still long enough and wait long enough you'll be able to see them rising and setting as you sit and watch the stars so that one is the star tracker app pretty cool So do I have any listeners that are going to be studying space at all this year? I'm really curious to know what you guys are going to be studying. For the hands-on approach to studying space, beyond the observatory attempt or the uh, watching the stars, diagramming is a big thing for that. And in the Apologia book, they actually had, in almost every chapter, they have some type of diagram that you can make of the of space and different ways to do it, different ways to show just how big our galaxy is and then how big the universe that we know is. And so they they have a lot of things in there to show you how to do that. I think for me, and we only ended up making one full diagram of space Everything else we did, um, we used, like at one point, I think we used like soccer balls and tennis balls to show this is a planet and this is how far it is if it were in feet (laughs) instead of light years. So we didn't keep 
all of them is basically what I'm trying to say. So it was a different way rather than just making something like making nine different sets of <laughs> our universe to spread around the house. We were able to use other other materials for them to experience. Well, here's the sun. If the couch is the sun, then Venus is this far away from it <laughs> in feet, but make feet light years. So anyway, it gives the kids an idea of just how big the universe is when you do things like that, because you end up outside your house, like far away with Pluto. <laughs> so anyway, just a few ideas. What are some of your favorite tools and manipulatives or puzzles or games or things that you've used to teach space. I would love, love, love to know. Let me know. Do you have any favorite science studies for space in particular? That's all I have for this episode of Foreign Toe Podcast. If you want to try and get a hold of me, I would love to hear from you. You can message me on Facebook and Instagram at Foreign Toe Podcast. You can also find my website, foreigntoepodcast.com. And I have uh, previous blog posts that I've put up because I was a blog before I was a podcast. You can see a few things on there. I plan on posting some more pictures this uh, on my Instagram feed. And I, if I remember, I will attempt to blog some of this as well. I haven't quite gotten as organized to blog everything I'm talking about, which is one of the reasons why I decided to do a podcast in the first place. Because talking is easier for me than writing. <laughs> I will post a few pictures on Instagram of the space books that we have used and even the diagram that my daughter made to show you what we did a couple of years ago. So if you like this podcast and like what you hear, I would love a subscribe. I'd love a review. Um, let me know what you guys think, if this is helpful or not. I'm enjoying doing it, so I'm not stopping anytime soon. And hey, guess what? I did a thing. <laughs> I got myself some pens and sticky notes made up because if you don't know me yet, I am addicted to sticky notes. I don't know if that's a real addiction, but I feel like it is. And I am, I may need a support group, <laughs> but I had some sticky pads that say four in tow on them with my logo and some pens also with my logo on it made up. I have a special offer. If you join my Patreon team in the month of August at the $10 level or more, I'll send you a pen and a sticky pad. I will be adding you to our Marco Polo group and you'll be able to discuss any kind of homeschool things, any questions you might have. You'll be able to join that. And the first person to join, I have a special little sticker book. It is astronaut it's the us born books and more mini astronaut sticker book it's super cute so i'll send you that sticky notepad and a pen to the first person who joins my patreon group at the ten dollar or ten dollar level or more in the month of august 2019 if you are not the first person to join in august and you join after that I'll still send you guys um, a sticky pad and a pen if you join at the $10 level or more. So that's it for now. Join me next time as we talk about math. How many of you love math? I actually love it. And we're going to talk math next time 
on 4 and Toe Podcast. Happy homeschooling, everybody. Bye.